Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello everyone, this is Dylan Schreiber alongside my co-host Cesar Becerra with the Believe Angels podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, we're going to preview the Angels' upcoming games as well as talk about the trade deadline. Just a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast on all social media platforms. Caesar, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, Dylan. Uh, just catching the first game of this freeway series between the Dodgers and the Angels, and uh, the Angels currently opened up a 4-1 to lead, so it's looking pretty good so far. Yes, and obviously it's an important series against one of the toughest teams in baseball, the Dodgers, and it's obviously, I would say, a huge series to really grab both games if they can. No, yeah, definitely. It'll be a big confidence booster for the Angels as they're getting closer to the trade deadline and that playoff push is really starting to heat up and you know that, that'll give them some big boost as they get ready to take on the Baltimore Orioles this upcoming weekend over in Anaheim yeah so obviously tomorrow they have a game scheduled against the Dodgers why don't you give our listeners here the pitching matchup yeah so Jamie Beria will be making his first start from since being called up after the Angels release and designated for assignment, Matt Harvey. Uh, Beria is 3-3 three and three on the season with a 7.36 ERA, and he'll be going up against the Dodgers, kind of a, what it is like their role starter in Ross Stripling, who has spent some time in the bullpen, and also um, as a starter, and he's 4-3 and three on the season with a 3.64 ERA. Yep, and we'll definitely see how Beria responds to pitching in last Friday's game. He actually took the loss in that game to go Three to three, he gave up nine hits and ten runs over three and two thirds. So we'll definitely see if he can rebound in really a huge playoff push time for the Angels. You mentioned after tomorrow's game, they come back home officially to Anaheim and they play the Baltimore Orioles. And it's a series that you would say that they have to take three games out of four. Yeah, you definitely look at this Baltimore Oriole team and you see a team that's struggling a lot throughout this whole season. Uh, the, with only 30, 31 wins on the season, they're really a team that the Angels should be able to take advantage of and have their offense on full display. Then they can easily take away three, if not four, out of the games this for this series and maybe put, push them a little bit closer to catching up to the Oakland A's. Yeah, and definitely the wild card chase is on. And with the Baltimore series, you mentioned the offense and hopefully players like Mike Trout, who obviously having another month season, and Albert Pujols, who has come on as of late, will help the Angels in that series. The Angels have not listed all of their starters yet, but Albert Pujols, who actually just had a major accomplishment, hitting 15 home runs in his first 19 seasons, joining a very small list, but has come on as late, as I mentioned, 14 RBIs in his last eight games alone. So really the middle of the order of the bats, you would want the angels to come through. And uh, like I mentioned against a team that has struggled with pitching all year long in Baltimore. Yeah. I think pool holes and really the whole offense as a whole has really benefited from the return of Justin Upton and having their full uh, 
lineup back and competing at the level that they expected to. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the Angels still haven't mentioned their full four game starters, but we are expecting Griffin Canning to pitch the first game of this series on Thursday against Tom Eshelman um, of, the, of the Baltimore Orioles. How do you see that game going? So I see that game favoring the Angels. I think Canning's 3-5 with a 4.67 ERA, so he does have the rings. I believe Eshelman hasn't won a game on the season. He's owing to the Orioles at the part of the season where they're looking for starting pitches a lot like the Angels. But I think with the offense that is rolling, even rolling as we're watching the game right now, and with Pujols coming on with Trout hitting a few home runs this week and continuing to add his AL leading numbers in home runs and RBIs, I think the Angels will or should probably take that game, especially because you have to think it can go either way. But it's not like they're in Camden Yards where it's a hitting park and anyone can hit. They are back home in Anaheim. So I think with the offense rolling as it is, I think the Angels should take that game. Obviously, Friday, they have enlisted starter. How do you think Thursday's outcome is going to go? I agree with you. Um, I'm actually really excited about this game. You know, we've seen Griffin Canning's stuff this season. He has electric stuff. He just hasn't quite been able to put it all together Mm -hmm. and, you know, get over his issues with uh, long base runners by, you know, giving him free passes. And, you know, we see that with his 4.67 ERA, as you mentioned, but his stuff's electric, man. You see his his fastball hitting up overnight, 98 sometimes, and it has a lot of movement, and his his, uh, breaking pitches generate a lot of swinging strikes and against a free swinging team like the Baltimore Orioles, I, I expect Canning to have a pretty good performance and, you know, anything shy of six innings and, you know, less than seven strikeouts would be pretty surprising for me. And yeah, definitely. And like we mentioned, the Angels haven't mentioned their full starting lineup. Griffin Canning last time he did start over the weekend and expecting to start Thursday. He got a no decision when he went out in the Mariners, but the team did win. That's the game they stopped their three game skid over the past week. Canning went five innings, four hits, and two runs, and like you said, six strikeouts. He is able to strike out a lot of batters. So had, I would say, a pretty decent outing, and the Mariners a tougher team than the Orioles. Also, the Angels have not listed their starters for Friday or Saturday, but Sunday they also have listed their starter. So how do you see that game going with Felix Pena on the mound? Yeah, Felix Pena and then the offense will be facing off against, I don't know, in my opinion, one of the worst starting pitchers in the league in oh. Dylan Bundy. <laughs> Um, who's 4-11 with a 5.28 ERA on the season, but he's just a home run allowing machine. Yeah. And I, I really expect, you know, the Angels offense, if they don't rest anybody, because, you know, Sunday's day games, they typically give some players days off. Um, I do expect the Angels offense to feast on Sunday off of Dylan Bundy, and I wouldn't be surprised if I see Otani go yard. Uh, that's a bold prediction. Dylan Bundy, he has had an you would say an up and down career in Baltimore. He's always, he obviously was a high, high prospect part in coming into the majors, but has had up and down seasons. He's had glimpses. If you have followed the Orioles, he's had glimpses where he's shown he can be a number one starter, just has never reached that full potential for a long time. Bundy this year, five and 11, 5.14 ERA this season. And it's something that, like you said, he does tend to give up a lot of home runs. That's been his kryptonite over his season, and it seems like it's going to be a bullpen day for the Angels with Pena getting the start. So I think it's a series that is favorable, and I think with Bundy on the mound on Sunday, it honestly could go either way for the Angels, depending on what their starting lineup looks like. Because Bundy, let's not face it, he can 
strike out a lot of people, but he also can give up a lot of home runs. So it's it honestly what it depends what stuff Bundy brings to the mound, in my opinion, for the Angels. Yeah, and I'm looking at his numbers uh, for this season. He's allowing over two home runs per nine innings with a home run rate up over 18%, and that's at a career high for him even this season. So he's already allowed 21 home runs this season. Yeah. And, and what looks like about half of the starts that he had from the 2018 season. So I, I see this as a matchup that favors the Angels and a series for that matter that favors the Angels. And I think it couldn't have come at a, at a perfect time for them, you know, with them mm-hmm. being two games, two games out of the second wild card, you know, with a, just just a week away from the MLB trade deadline. I think if they could come away with, with a, a series sweep or at the very least a series win, uh, that'll put them in position to actually figure out what roles they want to they want to uh, take part in for this upcoming tra- trade deadline, and that's just over a week away. Yeah, the trade deadline is coming up, and you would think the Angels would probably have to win three or four in Baltimore, if not bring out the brooms in Baltimore to sweep them, and possibly you would say between with a week away between the Dodgers that they're currently in the series with and the home against the Orioles this weekend, they would have to take five or six games. Is that what you would say? I think if you can get, a, get away with coming out against the Dodgers with the, with the split, you'll be happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dodgers are obviously one of the better teams in baseball. And, you know, going over and playing, beating the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium is not something that happens as they own the best home record in baseball. But I think you can really start to set the tone with, you know, taking advantage of this depleted Orioles team mm-hmm. and having a really good homestand because you, after that, you're looking at uh, a three-game series on Monday to close out the month of July against the Tigers who also have their own vulnerabilities of their own. So we can easily see a, home, a homestand where the Angels win uh, five of seven, maybe even six of seven, and then that's going to put them right in the hunt before the, before the trade deadline. Yeah, and it's an important homestand coming up after this Dodgers series. Like you said, the Tigers coming up after the Orioles. So it's obviously two favorable series. And when they go on the road, it gets very tough. They have Boston on the road, and I believe a stop in Cincinnati, who has been up and down this year. So that's something that, you know, could get tougher. Boston, obviously, it'll be an important series just because Boston in the wild card hunt. But it's something that could possibly get tougher on the road after the trade deadline. So it's obviously an important homestand coming up this weekend for the Angels. And you briefly mentioned the trade deadline. So I definitely want to get into that. And we mentioned that at the top of the program. The Angels right now sit actually five and a half games out of the second wild card. Um, They are 52 and 49. Oakland is 58 and 44. They own that second wild card spot Cleveland at 58 and 42 owns the first one right now with the angels if you're the GM if you're the front office are you making a move at the deadline this is the newest thing that the that baseball has created right it's given more people an opportunity to be buyers and less mm-hmm. people an opportunity to be sellers with the second wild card you know now it's up to True. the angels if you want to go all in on you know, different aspects to improve your team, even if it just means just playing one game, because the chances of of them catching the Astros is, I mean, glad if we're being honest here, they're probably slim to none. Uh, They currently sit 12 games back from the Astros for the division. So it's really wild card or bust for the Angels. And um, I don't know, I think, you know, me as an Angel fan, you know, you got to 
go about it. And you got to play to get into October, even if it's just for one game. You know, these fans deserve it. You know, the baseball deserves it. They need to have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on full display during October. And, you know, if you're if you're the Angels and you have an opportunity and within striking distance with this favorable upcoming schedule, um, yeah, I think you got to go out there and make some moves for something, some players to help your team. Yeah, and it's obviously interesting this year. I did want to mention that the July 31st trade deadline, which is about a week away at 4 p.m., you always, the late phone calls, whatever, it's about a week away. There is no August deadline this year, or no moves allowed in August. Remember some August deals that, like Justin Verlander a couple of years ago went to the Astros, Andrew McCutcheon going to the Yankees. There is none of that this year, July 31st is the final trade deadline. So if you're the Angels, it's not like you're able to go through this homestand and then go on the road and make a decision in August if you want to get a late starter. Because let's face it, the Angels, if they're going to make a move, it's going to be for the starting rotation. Obviously, a lot has happened this year with that. The Angels, a 5.34 starter ERA, that's 25th best in Major League Baseball. So if you're going to make a move, it has to be with a starting pitcher, correct? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think starting pitching is priority number one for the Angels. Uh, Unfortunately, their offseason signings with Trevor Cahill and Matt Harvey haven't really panned out as they expected, you know. But that being said, I don't know if I can remember a more deeper market um, available for for trade than this upcoming Mm -hmm. trade deadline. You know, there's several names available that can make an impact and make a make a help make your team make a significant run in the postseason and then there's also a lot of young arms that are under control uh past this season so it's not like you're just going out there and getting a rental which i think it should be even a little bit more encouraging for yeah. the angels to go out there and, and pursue a move for a starting pitcher i mean we just talked about it when we were previewing the Orioles series they, they don't even have a starter for you know, Thursday or Friday, you know, they're, mm-hmm. we're really working with the four-man rotation and um, with the rotation that struggled as much as it has this, this season, uh, shifting to a four-man rotation is not going to be good for any of these young arms. And even Sunday's starter that the Angels have listed in Pena is technically not in the starting rotation. He's an or, opener, right? What? He's an opener, right? Yeah, but you know what I mean? He Or he didn't begin the year looking to start games. I think... It's they're stuck in a rock and a hard place, in my opinion, because I think actually with Major League Baseball changing the rules that there's no August deals and July 31st is the final trade deadline of the regular season, and you or or you have to wait until the winter and after the season. I think it hurts the Angels to be honest, because I think you have a favorable homestand coming up with Baltimore and Detroit this weekend. But then if you look at the schedule, you go to Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Boston. Cleveland and Boston are two of the teams in early August. They're two of the teams you're chasing for the wild card. So obviously they're going to be two important series for the Angels after the trade deadline. And if you don't do favorable in the series, obviously you're not going to make up a lot of ground. So I think it's honestly a rock and the hard place for the Angels, unfortunately. And I think if you are going to bolster something, Angel fans would love for the Angels to go ahead and bolster that starting rotation, especially with designating Harvey. and But I think it's something that I don't know if it's worth the move. You know what I mean? I think I was doing some research, and I think you're sitting five and a half games 
behind in the second wild card. You have four good teams in front of you that three of them you're going to have to pass in Tampa Bay, Boston, and Oakland. And it's obviously you're going to have to make a decision very soon. And I think it's a little too soon for the Angels to make a decision um, because they need to bolster their starting rotation if they want to make a run in September and get into the postseason. But at the same time, do you want to give up people for that is the question because there are a lot of names on the market. Obviously, you don't think the Angels are going to attract someone like Noah Syndergaard, but there are a lot of names on the market that the Angels could get. But it's something that, to me, is I I don't know if you would make the move. If you are going to get someone for the starting rotation, who do you think it would be? Yeah, there's a couple of names, like I mentioned. Yeah, I don't really mm-hmm. see them making that big splash move for mm-hmm. like a Noah Syndergaard um, type of pitcher. Because those are really moves that are made out for, for teams that are seriously in contention for a title. Yeah. I just think it's hard for you to pitch to the Angel fan base um, not to go and do a move that's going to better the team's chances of making the postseason, especially when you consider the last time they made the postseason was in 2014. Um, some some names that I think that they could target would be – well, actually, I saw a report come out. I saw a report come out, um, I think it was earlier earlier this week or late last week, that Billy Epler, he was, he, was really, he was really interested, genuinely interested in improving the team, but finding players that are under contract past this 2019 season. So he's looking to make moves yeah, for players that, that are going to be involved in with, with the team moving forward. So someone that could be, could be used to add to the rotation. So, so someone that would be in, with the rotation with Andrew Heaney, with Griffin Canning, um, someone to complement them and add more depth to their rotation. There's potentially people like Marcus Stroman. He's been on the block yeah. for, I feel like it's been three, the past three deadlines, uh, but he's still under contract past this season. Uh, Matthew Boyd is someone from the Tigers that has been rumored to be um, on the block. And he's, I don't believe he's arbitration eligible until another two more seasons, two more seasons, actually, excuse me. Um, you know, we've seen the, the, the Diamondbacks fall out. You know, maybe, maybe that puts some of their, starting pitchers on the market, maybe like Robbie Ray, um, who I believe has another year left um, of his arbitration contract. And um, I think the one that's a little bit more of a stretch might be Mike Miner, because it's going to be hard for you to pry away one of the top uh, starting pitchers from someone within your division. But, you know, hey, he's another name out there, and um, it's another name for the Angels to consider. But um, I'd, it, for, I'd be – reluctant reluctant to get my hopes up for getting someone like Noah Syndergaard or yeah. Trevor Bauer, um, anybody of that top tier caliber. Um, I try to focus more on those younger um, arms under control for a few more seasons. Yeah, and then I'd be okay giving up some, some prospects for them because they will be with the team for, you know, the foreseeable future. Yeah. And it's something that I can see that I can see, the problem is, is you have Cleveland who's still in, I mean, the, like the wild card, and you have a lot of teams to jump, and that's why I don't know if it's, you know, you have four teams, three teams technically to jump, so I don't know if it is moved. I actually read a report about that on ESPN. Alden Gonzalez actually reported, I believe it was about a week ago, just last week, that the Angels are actually the team that's most likely not to do anything at the deadline. So I don't know if that, obviously, the trade deadline is getting closer, but that is the report right now that there may be the team not to do anything at the deadline. 
I like a few of those names that you just mentioned. I believe the Noah Syndergaards, the Trevor Bowers. I don't think that, like you said, I think you have to be a little bit more in contention, contention, pardon, and for sure that you know you're going to the playoffs and possibly making a World Series run to possibly get them or for, you know, teams, their teams to trade them. I think Marcus Stroman's a tough one, and I'll tell you why. I think there's he's been on the block for the past few deadlines, as you mentioned. I don't think Toronto's going to move him. I actually am a huge fan of Marcus Stroman. He is one of my inspirations, but I, and I think he means a lot to that city where his potential and his numbers this year have been good. But honestly, I don't think Toronto will move him by the deadline. And if they were to move him, I think they would move him to a place like Houston. I don't think they would move him to somebody like the Angels who are just outside of contention right on the bubble, as you call it. If you call it a March Madness, the bubble, they are on the edges of contention, but really aren't quite close enough right now. So I think, you know, is it worth... Also, what are you going to have to give up for him? Because you don't want to trade future prospects or future assets for short-term people and then obviously not make that run. And that's why the Angels want to sign somebody past or have somebody pass this year. But I honestly, I don't think Marcus Stroman's going to move in Toronto. And that's just something that I get the feeling of just because I think they could have moved him for the past few deadlines. I mean, last year, I personally think he was an all-star snub. This year, he made the all-star team. I... I think it's very difficult to trade for somebody like that who just made the all-star team, who is now an all-star or is an all-star pitcher. I think, I just don't think the Angels want to give up that much looking at the future. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, I totally agree. And, and again, I, that's why I see um, them, if they do decide to make a move, um, it's really trying to get one of these younger arms to, to be in their rotation for the foreseeable future. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we kind of already touched on whether or not we think that they should be buyers. Now, yeah. how about the, the flip side of that? Do we think they should be sellers? We are on the same page because I was just going to ask you a question about that. I think, do they move somebody? Because they are, like I said, sitting just outside the backyard. Do they move somebody like Cole Calhoun? I mean, it all really depends on, on, on the market value, right? Um, what What... What can Calhoun bring them in return that mm-hmm. will help them be in better position and set themselves up for next season when they potentially have a healthier rotation and a more experienced rotation that they can make a more of a significant run toward playing in October? Yeah, because I think, I mean, his numbers aren't that great. He's only batting 238 like this season, but he's not that expensive. He's a $14 million team option or $1 million buyout for 2020 I maybe you move him and get a few pieces for the future that you could develop um somebody like that I think honestly I don't think they're gonna move him I think either moving forward with a week left and a favorable homestand I either think the Angels are gonna bring in a starting pitcher or they're going to just absolutely do nothing at the deadline do you think they're gonna be sellers do you think there's any chance that they're gonna move somebody and who would they move in your opinion yeah, I mean the issue is there's there's not really anyone on the on the roster that they can really offer up to teams. Like they don't really have a household big uh, bullpen reliever that they yeah. can move and get some good value out of, like Will Smith or uh, Tony Watson from the Giants. So it's it's tough. I mean, I 
if, if for me to be satisfied um, coming out of this deadline, I would like for them to get another low risk, high reward starting pitcher to assist them to try to get to September, but not give up too much. Um, you know, I, obviously that's in an ideal world, but um, I think there's options out there this season that they can they can find a good marriage between. Yeah, and I think, like you said, I think if they do trade for somebody, I think it should be somebody who isn't a free agent at the end of the season or has a buyout or something like that. I think it should be somebody who at least they have a year after this season. At least they can keep them for next year just because obviously they're working on their starting rotation and, you know, this year didn't go to plan. Like I said before, they're 25th in the majors currently in ERA. So it didn't... This year's starting rotation didn't exactly to plan, obviously, with some variables that happened this year. Matt Harvey didn't turn out the death of Tyler Skaggs, obviously, but Matt Harvey doesn't turn out. You, I mean, he's an $11 million investment that I don't know if the Angels will bring back, but it's... I think I agree with you. If they're going to make a move at the deadline, I think it has to be safe because I think it's going to be very difficult for them to jump three teams to get into the playoffs um yeah no that's always difficult and you know what i wanted to go back to when you mentioned the possibility of them trading cole calhoun um the fact that they have uh so many versatile players on the roster right now and could mix and match their outfield and they also have one of baseball's best prospects and joe adele um in their double a farm system um i'm looking at his expected uh, MLB timeline and it's it's saying 2020 and he's 20 years old and if you you're going to tell me that you can add him to you know maybe the back end of the middle of the order to a lineup with Lestella, Trout, Otani, Pujols and Upton um, you then then you have yourself even a more uh, deeper roster for next season and and you can possibly even get a, a starting pitcher in return to to add more depth to your rotation so if they're if they're willing to to increase the time the timetable for Joe Adele to come up to the bigs maybe half a season sooner, hey, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see him in September. You know, then I can of course I can see them trading Cole Calhoun and getting mm-hmm. um, a what somewhat to mid level prospect to even maybe mid level uh, starting pitcher that could contribute to their team now. Yeah, because I think Cole Calhoun could be. I mean, he's a terrific player. I think he could be a useful bench piece for teams that are more in contention or possibly already on their way to the playoffs. Somebody that can come in and get a clutch hit or play the field. I think going back to the point, I think it's very, very difficult when you rush prospects up to the major leagues. I think you never want to be put into that situation. You want them to be able to develop and you want them to be able to kind of get experience to move up. So when they come up, they're ready. I mean, you have, Freak prospects who have come through Major League Baseballs or baseball, like, you know, players like Bryce Harper or somebody like that who is a freak athlete and you knew he was going to be ready. But I think it's, you know, I don't know if it's the smartest idea to rush a prospect up to the league. So you might, that's just, I don't know. I think it's very, you know, it's a tough game to play depending on where your organization is at at the time and their future plans. Yeah, you know, it's it's really it really comes down to the urgency that you want for your organization when you want to win now. If you can continue to keep selling the you know, the Angels fan base that we're not gonna we're not gonna compete to get to the world to the 
World Series and we're not going to compete to get to the postseason for another five seasons, then, you know, you end up losing some 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 of your fan base. But um, looking at Cole Calhoun's contract right now, he his his contract is up at that at the end of this season mm-hmm. and does include a, a, a team option for next season. So it's 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 a good point that you brought up there that if the Angels are considering uh, moving on from from him, why not try to s- test out the market for him and see what contending team is in is in the in the market for a former Gold Glove uh, caliber player like Cole Calhoun? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I, I think I'm you. I think you're little by little selling me on the idea of selling <laughs> Cole Calhoun. To be honest, yeah, I was reading reports and um, ESPN's uh, Gonzalez mentioned that, and I was like, I did some more research into it, and I was like. That might be smart. Like you said, he's a gold glover. He's a good defender. He can come in and get a clutch hit. I think it would be smart. So we've talked about the buying. We've talked about selling or possibly staying the same and not doing anything at the deadline. Let's kind of, I guess, wrap it all. I have a few questions. Let's wrap it all up here. What do you think the Angels should do at the deadline? If you were the GM in office, what would you do? I think that they're, they, they've already tried to rebuild their rotation through the free agency market this past offseason. Obviously, that was a tremendous fail with Matt Harvey and Trevor Cahill. I mean, granted, those aren't the biggest names that you could have got out there on the market. But if you're in a position to get someone that's going to be with your team for the next season or two, I think you got to make that trade. Um, even though typically in, you know, during the deadline, the prices are usually spiked up. But if we can swamp out a deal for a major league player like Calhoun, for a major league starter, um, it's really going to fill the voids of the team for now and also in the future. So that's what I would like to see them do. Yeah. I would like to see them add a starter, uh, but not overspend for it. So. Yeah, that's definitely smart. I would think if I was in the position of the gym, I would think it's difficult because I would like them to trade for a player like Marcus Stroman. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to stay in Toronto. Um, so I honestly, I don't know if I would do much of the deadline. I would focus on like rotate the rotations just needs to be fixed obviously the investments didn't work out but i i would like i said only if it's very very smart and he is the player i would target to be honest what and this is a little bit of a far-fetched question but i wanted to ask your opinion obviously a lot of pressure on the trade deadline to if to make a move if to possibly get rid of a few pieces you have now do you think the angels are under pressure because obviously the freeway series, the crosstown team and the Dodgers, the Dodgers are doing so well. Do you think that adds pressure to the angels? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, you know, it's always going to come down to, even though the Dodgers haven't won a world series in, in over 30 years, they're always going to be looked at as, you know, the, the younger brother or, you know, the stepchild. So they're not really going to be able to, captivate this LA audience until they start showing that they, they want to compete every, every year and are willing to put in the money and the investment on this, this team to, to build a, a team and a franchise that could continue to win for the, for the foreseeable future. And I know that's going to be difficult when you consider the fact that they have to play against, you know, the Houston Astros who are arguably one of the better young teams in the league, but at some point, the Astros are going to run out of service time with all their young players, and they're going to need to start paying some of their guys. And, you know, maybe that's that's the Angels' opportunity to 
to jump in and, and take over the division again like they did when they won the championship um, in the early 2000s. Yeah, it was just an interesting question to me just because of the fact that baseball is – a and all sports are like this, but baseball specifically is a win-now sport. You see a lot of teams evaluate at the deadline whether it's they need a piece, if they're in contention, or they need to rebuild for a few years. So it's always a win-now kind of environment. You're in a big market like L.A., so I just wanted to throw out the possibility. I think it. I agree with you. I think it does add a little bit of pressure just because we've seen the Dodgers runs in the postseason the past few years. I know they haven't won a World Series, but even if you watch the commercial series, it's always like, oh, the Dodgers in the journey for winning it all. Like, you know, there's a lot. I think it could put some pressure, and I think, I think it has a mix of that and that the combination of baseball just being a win now kind of sport. We even mentioned that we mentioned Matt Harvey earlier in the podcast and how he got designated for assignment. And it wasn't because he's a bad guy. You know, he's a likable guy in the clubhouse, but Brad Ausmus just said, you know, baseball is about winning now. And that's just what the game is about is basically what he said. So they had to kind of make a business decision best off the best way or best move to win games. So even something like that is, you know, it's always win now, win now, win now. And that could be putting a lot of pressures on the Angels, maybe at the deadline. Yeah, even though the, thing, the Angels have a uh, more recent World Series yeah. <laughs> over the Dodgers, it's more like, what have you done for me lately? And that's what fans are going gravita- to gravitate to over here in the L.A. area. I thought it was funny. Um, we've been talking about Cole Calhoun so much. He actually just hit a home run. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we say something and he's like, no, I ain't leaving. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <right. laughs> so I guess one question I have for you is, what player do you have – are you most curious to see where they land in the trade deadline? You know, is it a Madison Baumgartner? You know, is it a Will Smith? Is it a Trevor Bauer? Is it the Marcus Stroman like we've been talking about? And I guess maybe to close it out, I don't know. I, w- I would like to see what, what do you think is going to be the, your biggest prediction for this upcoming trade deadline? I have, I have two of them. I think that the first one is if, they um, move Marcus Stroman in Toronto. I just find that such an interesting piece because I don't, I don't think they'll move him, but I just, if they do, I want to see where he goes. So that's definitely one. And I have, uh, I guess an interest in seeing if the Padres move their closer Kirby Gates. I think there's been rumors that he's going to be moved. There's been rumors that he's not going to move. There's rumors that the Red Sox are interested in him. So I think it's something that, I'm very interested to see if the Padres will possibly move him. Yeah, bullpens, you, they're always a valued commodity come this time around year. And, you know, you need you need some high leverage pitchers to pitch in high leverage situations in the, in, in October. And, um, I mean, I, I I still think Will Smith's the best reliever on the market right now. Um, but, no, he, uh, the closer for the Padres definitely uh, should have a, a good market for them if, I mean, given the fact that the Padres have been such a disappointment this season. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I'm, I'm most excited to see where Madison Bumgarner, um, if he gets moved, where he gets moved to. We already seen Madison Bumgarner dominate in October. So we know the type of impact that he could have on a team and on a, and be a deciding factor on who evidently wins the world series. You know, we saw this happen with, um, with Justin Verlander a few years back when the, when the Astros traded for him. 
And Madison Bumgarner could very well be that missing piece for someone, for some team to help push them over the edge. Um, and I think if, if I had to predict where he go, um, I, my heart, my heart is telling me he'll be get traded um, to the, to American league. And I personally think that he gets traded to the Yankees. We've seen the Yankees make those big blockbuster moves before, yep. and they're not afraid to overspend for, for prospects when they're on the cusp of winning a world series. And I think the injury to Luis Severino to start the season has really kind of derailed their season. And even though they're still leading the division, um, I think he could be the missing piece that they need to push them over over the Astros and push them over the Twins and push them over the Indians and the Red Sox. So um, that's that's my that's my big bold call for the for the trade deadline. Yeah, and definitely for the Yankees, it's really not about making the playoffs or possibly winning the division. It really is about getting to the World Series. So I could see the Yankees making a kind of move like that, bringing a veteran pitcher who we've seen over his career has pitched in October has pitched in the postseason very well, has that experience. I could, it would make sense. We'll see if it happens. Well, Caesar, thanks for joining me on this version of the Believe Angels podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We are excited to see what the Angels do at the trade deadline. And obviously, Believe Sports Network or Believe Podcast Network will keep you updated on everything that Angels do on the trade deadline and so much more here on the network so definitely make sure to check it out if you enjoy this show please subscribe and rate the show on itunes we are available on all of your favorite directories itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in and you can also find us at believe.com or at believe podcast on all social media networks so go ahead and follow us there caesar again thanks for joining me for caesar i'm dylan Schreiben. we will See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.